Hi, welcome to Dassault Systems Podcast, 3D Design and Engineering. Today's episode is being recorded at the 2019 Autonomous Vehicle Tech Expo in Novi, Michigan, just northwest of Detroit. This year's show is packed and visitors are enjoying and being wowed with the latest product launches and innovations from over 100 exhibitors. I'm your host, Matthew Hall, and joining us today, I've managed to grab some time today to speak with a colleague of mine, Robert Solomon. Robert is responsible for Simulia strategy for computer-aided engineering simulation with a focus on advanced driver assistance systems, also known as ADAS. Robert, thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. So, Robert, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Who are you? What's your background a little bit? Well, I've been in the CAD CAE business for over 35 years, mostly on the R&D side of developing solutions together with customers. At this point in my career, I'm working with the SO system, Samulia, in developing up strategies together with customers to uh, deliver value for the advanced ADES and autonomous vehicle simulation area. So Robert, from your perspective, uh, with your role that you've described, what are the latest industry trends and advancements from your perspective that you see that are the major challenge to today's transportation and mobility industry? Well, it's unprecedented what we see today in the area of support for autonomous vehicle and advanced ADAS, whereas in the past, government would be pushing for certifying for crash and also for emissions control, that was driving the OEMs. Whereas now we see a customer interest for autonomous vehicles and advanced ADAS, and that has created this dramatic change in the way OEMs are now investing billions of dollars in long-term solutions for advancing their technology in this area. So in the past, then, based on that, you've seen more like a directive coming from the government on your regulations and what, or whatever it may be, versus today where you're seeing customers coming in more to the design and Right, this picture. is a commercial-driven business, very obvious, and it's changing the way the automotive OEMs are having to readjust their organizations and their direction for, it, for delivery. And it isn't something that's going to change rapidly because their investments are so large. It's a definite uh, long-term investment program. So it sounds like there's a lot of challenges in the industry today, but how are these companies picking and choosing? What are, what are the high-priority challenges that today's innovators are facing? So one of the problems that they face is that our roads and our signals, our intersections, and the way that we put navigation signs and and lines on the road are all staying the same and they have to use all of that rather older technology to advance to where a car can drive automatically or stop and, and behave properly. And this is a big challenge together with the whole effort of managing weather effects. What about a simple thing like animals running across the road? Is that a a pet of somebody that, or is that a child, or is that something that you just shouldn't worry about? Um, And and all these decision-making processes 
that we make as an individual every day, a system will make it rapidly and quickly, and therefore the response to the vehicle is, is, is very dramatic. And recovery of the vehicle's response is also now part of the system response. And so it, it starts to be very aggressive uh, engineering effort to include all these behaviors um, that are not in the control of the engineer, but outside influences that he has to deal with in developing up a complete solution. We see all of that um, being stepped through in what we would like to hope is a very uh, formal process of validation and going into certification up to level five. And quite honestly, that's gonna be a, a marathon effort versus something that's gonna be a quick sprint to deliver a solution. Mm -hmm. So the computers are making powerful decisions, or I'm just kind of curious, how, how are ethics being designed into some of these decision processes that are being made? I mean, if you, if you have a ball coming across the road and there's a kid there, or, or the car sees a deer at the same time, you know, which way, how does the car decide to swerve, or what, how's the decision Right, present? and that's absolutely what is the problem, because um, flocks of birds are a big problem. Uh, uh, a birds. rabbit, um, you see cars, in the news, the cars stop for a rabbit on the road, which will create problems for the vehicles behind them. And this is just part of what we're gonna to have to deal with in, in the development of technology. And how many sensors do you put up and how do you try to resolve what that, that thing is? And, and it's certainly a challenge for, for every part of the system to understand what they should do. So for resolution, uh, I've heard cars talking more and more to other cars, so do you see that coming into play? Well, absolutely. Part of what they will have to deliver in these systems is that they have a way to monitor what's going on before they drive into it. So there's going to be a lot of, of database creation where the cars will connect automatically and understand where there's problems already and where some other cars may be running to that same problem. So we also have a whole eco environment that will be coming for data management to manage the environment that we drive into eventually. Okay, cool. Who is advancing fastest, Robert? Is it the traditional, well-established OEM with the history, background, tools, and resources at their disposal? Or do you see it being more the new startup innovators who have no legacy and are starting fresh? That's a complicated question, but the answer for me is that the young startups definitely have moved forward fast. And typically they have to because they're trying to reassure their investors that they have a product that has value. And quite honestly, we also give them a break because they are startups. We like the underdogs. Yeah. And so we, we let them run ahead and they look like they're way ahead. But we're just starting the whole process. Meanwhile, the automotive OEMs have recognized the need for them to make change in their organization. So they've created new organizations that they try to let them evolve as startups so that they can move faster in this area, give them the freedom of new operating conditions. And, and that has 
delivered a lot of value. That's a management side of things. What we also recognize is that all the automotive OEMs are, are where they're starting today in this process. They would, in five years from now, never start there again, probably. Their technology will advance and uh, stabilize and processes will advance. And so eventually, um, to get to level five, which is full autonomy mode, um, I think that everybody's going to be in the game. Automotive OEMs are right there with it. And showing value will not be relegated to just the startups, but also the OEMs are, are quickly making moves. Mm -hmm. You mentioned level five. In today's transportation mobility industry, your T&M industry, what level do you think we're at today? Today, I think we're at level two with a little bit of three with the autonomous mode coming into play. And for our listeners and myself, what are levels two and three? Level two is what you would normally relate to today with uh, getting in your car and it knows to maintain distance between you and the vehicle in front of you. Um, also, if you start to have lane control where it starts to give you steering feedback, then that's, that's level two. Mm -hmm. And it's giving that feedback, it'll slam on the brakes automatically if you get too close. Um, and somebody tries to turn into that parking lot in front of you and, and you know they're going to make it, but the car doesn't, so it'll slam on the brakes a little bit more aggressively <laughs> sometimes than yeah. you're expecting it. Level three is where you just add on autonomous mode and you see that with many cars today where you can just let it get you from point A to point B. You have to maintain control of the car so they will click out of autonomous mode at any given moment, such as it starts to rain, you'll sense that, or you're in an area where the road is just not able to support autonomous mode, and that's why you have to have your hands on the steering wheel because the system will jump out mm -hmm. and you have to maintain control of the vehicle. Okay. Level three continues with more control all the way and then level four and five is where you start getting the full autonomous mode. Mm -hmm. How many more years to level five? Oh, that's always subjective. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting to see how we can get there. And so what I'm expecting is that, that every year you'll see big improvements. You'll see people being more accustomed to this autonomous mode, trusting it more. And also there's all those other businesses that are being developed um, to support autonomous mode with automated um, driving, uh, delivery services, and everything else. So I, I think it's it's just a marathon. Of, yeah. it, it's not like we get there all of a sudden, we raise the flag and we're there. Yeah, yeah. we'll be there someday. So my last question here for you, Robert, is, again, from your perspective, with all these changes that are happening to the transportation mobility industry, what competitive advantages do you bring to the marketplace uh, with Simulia? Well, and that's, that's a good question because what we in Dassault Systems Simulia are focused on is where we're validating the process later on um, as you move forward into the car validation process, including the Hill system that has all the sensors set up in it and you're doing a virtual reality kind of view of the vehicle with the sensors and trying to validating it through embedded uh, instrumented vehicle simulation 
or test rather. Our value is as we continue to see customers um, needing to have more fidelity in their response and simulation, then we become more important to them every day, whether that be uh, trying to understand location of sensors because of, of EMAG conditions, um, where there's influences of electronics and the interference within a vehicle or outside interferences as well, and then also um, conditions where you have mud and so on that are covering the sensors, what happens at that point, where's the location for the sensor vest. And then the vehicle itself, as far as fidelity of vehicle modeling, um, right now they're done rather lightly um, because that's not their biggest worry is the vehicle response. But as we continue to uh, increase our knowledge of behavior of the system, fidelity of the vehicle become more and more important and that's where I'm technically very involved in that area uh, to deliver a real-time vehicle model of very high fidelity and that is very unique for our business. Alright Robert, I'll let you get back to the show. I appreciate your time very much. Thank you. Yeah. I enjoyed the time, Matt. Thanks everyone for listening. To find out more how Dassault Systems is helping advance the transportation mobility design process for autonomous vehicles of the future, please visit go.3ds.com tm. Please enjoy listening to the other podcasts in our series. Don't forget to subscribe to the series and listen to the other fascinating entries available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and all other major podcast channels. I'm Matthew Hall. Make it a great day.